Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Planner Southeast Asia podcast. Gwen here, and today I am with another financial advisor. He is Joel Karen, and he's a senior financial advisor for Australians and Australian expats at Ally Wealth Management. Thank you so much for being on the show, Joel. Thanks, Gwen. It's a, it's a privilege to be on the show with you. Oh, no, the pleasure is all mine. Um, as I mentioned before we started the, the podcast, that uh, when I spoke to Jared, whom was the, the previous episode to that I recorded, I realized that there were a lot of things that I didn't know about expat advice. I Before Jared, I only knew one person who was a, who was a financial advisor who... Um, had a lot of expat clients. So I was very keen to know more about how financial advisors such as yourself work closely with expats. But before that, uh, I'd like to let our um, listeners get to know you more. So first of all, how did you get into financial advice? Oh, like I suppose it all probably started way back. I was working in, I suppose, a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it mediocre, but just a, a plain average admin style role when I was living in Sydney. And then, you know, what? one day I was talking to um, my dad and one of dad's very good friends is a financial advisor. And so I suppose the conversation just sort of channeled in on that and, like, I didn't really think much of it for, you know, six to 12 months later. And then, um, yeah, I was driving home from work once in Sydney and I just saw, like, for example, like a billboard, which Mm. was like, um, I think it was for, like, TAFE New South Wales or something like this and it was – study something or start the year fresh or something like that yeah and it just and it just I suppose made me think about you know I was like oh well what am I doing like realistically so I think you know it might be it might be definitely worthwhile to um, get back into some study um, and just really see where that goes um, so in, anyway so I start so I went and I um, basically signed up to a financial advice I think it was like a, a an advanced diploma of financial advice or something like that. And I was like, do you know what? This is actually really interesting, like the yeah. fundamentals of advice. So, And this is obviously all post-2013. Um, so that would have been post-FOFA. So it, it was all sort of modern financial advice and what really they wanted the industry to go into. And I think I'd sort of understood from a from a little onset how it how it is transitioning and it, I don't know it just got me really quite interested and then yeah. um yeah I was just so lucky that you know from then onwards I applied for a job I was working for um ANZ and uh I just 
slotted into a slotted into a I suppose a financial advice sort of support role and from there it just sort of flourished like you know I ended up having to you know go into then you know boutique mum and dad firms you know I've done life insurance so I've worked for a very large life insurance I suppose advice business and then now expat advice so it was it's just sort of been this forever developing uh, affair really <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um but it's yeah it's just been such a good it's such a good industry right and, and yeah. it's just, I suppose it's really it really disappointed me you know some of the things on the back of the finance like the um royal commission they like some things were brought up and it's like oh well in a way because all of my training and study has been um post all of these I suppose systematic problems yeah I, I feel like a lot of us you know got hit with the same stick mm-hmm. um that's true yeah so I was just like oh do you know what it's this is something that I'm now passionate about and I'm so prepared to I suppose can carry on and yeah and learn new things and financial advice for expats is definitely the a new niche yes yes and as as I mentioned um uh, again, we were we started talking even before we we hit record. Like, I don't know a lot of people who, or a lot of financial advisors who took to servicing expats, um, especially mm-hmm. exclusively. And 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 hearing from the passion in your voice, really passionate about um, helping a lot of people. And I just find your story um, interesting. Interesting in a way that. Your story is like most financial advisor stories. So there was one um, financial advisor who I spoke to said, nobody when they were young ever said that they wanted to be a financial advisor, right? Um, Most of us wanted to be doctors or um, artists, engineers, lawyers, what have you. But nobody really knew anyone who said they wanted to be a financial advisor. But most financial advisors, if not all, has become financial advisors because of a certain calling and because of the appeal um, of the financial advice that seems like it's such a good way to help people. Mm. Um, And it's such a good advocacy as well to help them because money isn't only financial it's also an emotional part of a human being um and it's more yeah because all of our decisions sometimes in life or especially in the start of our lives uh, or in our start of our 20s revolve around money and it affects us mentally so being able to help people with how they can get better at money so that they can also get better in life is such a great achievement now um, and especially for expats, because I've been reading up um, a bit on uh, expat advice, and it turns out, well, it's actually no surprise, but as an expat, their financial position is often more complex. And there are many things to consider, um, especially if you're like, where do you invest? Do you invest in the place that where you're working? Um, do you invest in in your country like in Australia but I guess like because of these complexities how did you end up like wanting to uh, uh, give advice to expats in the first place 
Oh, I, I suppose it was it was definitely on the back of you know something you know I had this drive to continue to learn and understand mm. things a little bit more. Um, so I wanted I wanted something different. I wanted um, a new financial advice um, story or project per se. And I think over the past you know five to six years particularly in financial advice, what I've really noticed is that a lot of, in Australia particularly, a lot of education is missing from general people um, around financial literacy. Mm. So, and what happens is, you know, if that base fundamental of financial literacy isn't there, then suddenly you go um, offshore to other, other jurisdictions it just becomes so it does become much more complex because you need to consider obviously um, like tax treatments and investment options of different countries as well as i suppose trying to ascertain and um, manage your financial life back in australia mm, that's true so true. you know it's it's something that i think people generally speaking so the clients that i deal with here they are so receptive of the advice because, you know, this might be something that they're um, they're not quite sure on or, you know, they just constantly reach out because um, they want additional clarity on stuff. So it's – and I suppose my job really, you know, can be summed down to education, right? I like to educate all of my clients um, to, in a way, help them – have a better sense of financial literacy and yeah. have a better sense of the the advice and where they're actually going from a goals perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's very interesting. That that's why you picked on um, expats as your uh, main or ideal client, and that's so true, right? Like um, having to learn how the financial background works in one country is one thing, but having mm. to like learn and like go back and forth on like uh, two separate countries, especially like if, if the expat decided to live in an Asia, in an Asian country where our uh, set of rules and government regulations are far different from what is there in Australia. So, I guess when you started out as a financial planner and then you decided, like, did you decide that, hey, I want to work with expats? Did you decide on that or did it just come organically for you? No, no, it, it more or less came organically. Like it's, you know, I, I, I knew that um, when I before I started working for Ally, um, I wanted I wanted something a little bit more. Um, I wanted I wanted a, a fresh challenge, something that you know I can that's really going to um, challenge me. And I suppose I learned very quickly um, since I joined Ally that mm-hmm. <laughs> I suppose a lot of a lot of um, my my job initially was you know looking at where these clients existed and then studying up tax agreements or dual tax agreements between two countries. And so I was like, oh well, this is a this can either be really exciting for some or it's mm-hmm. hell boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it just happened um, this way, just on on this search for for something different. Like I, I went to, I remember I was I was 
you know, looking for something else. Um, and then, yeah, it, it just sort of happened. Oh, and that's I was good. like, this is, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's wonderful. And it's, it's wonderful that you picked up on that, right? So, because I know that mm. there are things that happen in our lives um, that might have been something that we could have pursued, but we didn't pursue it. So for mm. you, you actually, um, when it happened, kind of happened organically for you, you decided mm. that although it might be so, uh, boring for some people, you just found it really interesting and went on, uh, went, went along with that. So now mm. you specialize in, um, is, that a, uh, is that a correct term? You specialize probably, in expat probably. advice? <laughs> Probably, yeah. And I also moved across across the country. So I oh, moved yeah, from yeah. Sydney to Perth. So to like, Perth, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, and um, that's one of the interesting things that I have learned is that you are from Perth, um, but you service expats. So, yeah. and I know that you started um, this in like, um, so you've been doing this for like a year now, right? Is, mm, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, that's right. At the start of the, or, or during the pandemic, so did that move of sort of being an expert in, in expat advice started um, even while you were here in, in Australia? Did it start because of the rise of um, being able to do interviews and um, meetings in Zoom? Uh Look, I suppose that's a good question because I don't actually know, I suppose, what it would have looked like pre, um, yeah. pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, I can imagine in some respect it probably would have been a little bit harder. But, you know, Zoom has just, uh, you know, brought us all that little bit closer. And this might sound, I suppose, a little bit odd to some people, but there is, you know, a significant um, you know, I suppose a very large majority of my client base I've never actually met face to face. Yeah, yeah. So I've never shook their hand, but I've seen them obviously on Zoom every every couple of months, and we have a good chat. Um, but yeah, no, I've never actually, uh, yeah, shaken their hand, had a coffee with them. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, yeah, so I think I think generally technology now is just probably made this whole expat advice, particularly um, that's that little bit easier. And Mm-mm. if you look at I suppose the silver lining of COVID, that sort of really helped the the process. Oh, that's so true um, because. Mm. As you mentioned before, it might have been very challenging for mm. um, financial advisors who would like to um, service expats, but they're not in the country that where the expat expat is currently located, right? Yeah. Um, so right, you yeah. have to be like Jared Brown, who is actually in that country, in, in Singapore or here in the Philippines or whatever. Um, but now because of the power of um, technology, because of Zoom, because we're forced in this situation by the, by the pandemic, it has brought us a new kind of um, the way we serve clients and mm. i guess how do you because you haven't have never met your clients 
Uh, how do you provide value for them as a financial planner, especially in the initial parts of the relationship? Yeah, and I, I suppose there's a lot more, there's probably a lot more work that goes in the front end um, from our perspective. So it's there's probably a lot more time that I spend with the clients in developing um, strategy around developing, um, you know, objectives and I suppose in a way setting some expectations, right, um, and how how we sort of see it um, playing out. Well, I suppose, you know, because realistically the people that the clients that I'm servicing, right, they are Australians but mm-hmm. they're just not in Australia. So in based on what you know what Jared was saying in his podcast it was he was speaking about um a very large majority of Australians come back to Australia yeah. and in a way that is so that is so true lots of clients that I deal with that are you know all over the world you know they they still see Australia as home yeah, and so- they they are still so receptive, you know, to I don't know whether it's, you know, me, but they're very receptive to just hearing a familiar voice, hearing a mm. hearing another Australian accent. And so it's just <laughs> yeah. perhaps it's you know, based on based on that, right? It's you you demonstrate your value that way that says, you know what, I don't I don't really care where you live. I'm happy to support you and to help strategize with you to lead to these sort of, I suppose, your desired outcome. Right. That's, um, and I guess that's true in a way. Like, um, I'm sure that however far Australians are or, or other people um, from other countries, like if they're not in their homeland, they still tend to be homesick and they mm. try to look for familiar faces. And I know this for a fact because um, I know that the Filipinos around the world are have a tight-knit community of Filipi- uh, fellow Filipinos as well. Um, mm. And and I also know that like a friend of mine who um, is an expert at expat advice for Filipinos ha- know how close this community is, um, and because there are uh, like let's say a- an Australian expat comes to you and he um, and you give of course great advice to him, um, you have a good relationship. Like, does that automatically or does that client automatically um, send out a lot of referrals to you? Is that how you're, how you've grown the business? Yeah, it's sort of, it's in a way, a lot of this has happened via sort of osmosis referrals. Um, And generally, people just looking for that looking for that sort of speciality um, because they need to have someone that sort of understands the situation. Let's just say, right, if you had a client that was in the Philippines or Singapore, wherever, right, reaching out to a local um, financial planner there might result in them not being able to understand the, I suppose, the the treatments of investments or any assets they've got in their home country. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like it's it's just really it, and it's really rewarding. I will say that to have you know people that will openly come and say, you know what, this is 
this is so valuable and thanks so much, Joel. Um, mm. And even so much that, you know, previously we've had clients that are offshore recommend their family and friends that actually just live here in Australia. So, you ah. know, not all of my clients are expats. Uh, expats. Mm-hmm. Some, of them are, some of them are here. Ah, um, nice. So it just sort of, it just sort of, yeah, happens organically and it's, really it's quite it's quite refreshing as an advisor to have to have that yeah definitely because um i think i read it in like a um an email like quote uh, that i received from a, a, a financial advisor that referral is the greatest form of flattery um mm. so that's that's really nice that even uh the the clients that you have that are currently expats are also referring uh, friends and family who are already based in or or, are still still in Australia. That Mm. means that you have really gained their trust and and that you are doing a great job with how you deal with their finances. And that's why um, they're happy to refer you to family and friends. So, and I, I guess when you started out in, um, financial advice. How were you able to acquire clients? Did you have to go through like um, all the marketing stuff, posting to social media, getting your name out mm-hmm. there, or did you already have uh, clients that you just brought across? So when I when I first started financial advice, I remember you know new, getting or gaining new clients was I don't know it just seemed so much harder than than what it is now in I suppose in the expat sort of space. You know originally when I started, it was just more or less um, as a review advisor per se of an existing book of clients, and you know occasionally you know you would. You would do, uh, I suppose, uh, bring on new clients, just add to that book, and yeah. then it just sort of grows organically. But this this one is actually like I suppose the role that I'm in now that it's very much more. Yeah, we get so much more inquiries, we get so many more referrals. It's just by just by means of, I suppose, complexity more than anything. There, someone's got a someone's got a query that needs solving. Someone's um, got an issue that needs fixing. And um, obviously, they just you could get this email with a with a with a mind dump of ten you know ten twenty questions. And you go okay, let me just spend you know an hour <laughs> thinking about this. Yeah, 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 and. But that's very interesting um, in a way that do you think that there is a relation to how it's much easier now to acquire new client, uh, clients, especially, um, as you mentioned, expats, because of the start of the pandemic? Mm. I think, yeah, probably. I think in a way the pandemic really pushed people to think about their life Mm. so you know if I think about you know even myself included right we all had we all were essentially living a a quite a normal average probably free fun life right Mm, yeah um and then suddenly the pandemic happens we're all being locked in our homes you know for months on end yeah and 
you know, and it just sort of highlighted to probably to me as well and probably to a lot of other people was what would happen if all of my money just stopped, right, because of this? And I think because of that, that rational thought, people are saying, well, I really should pay more attention to my finance. To I should pay more attention to my wealth um, because this is not something that is essentially guaranteed. And you know, at some point, we need to take some some onus on ourselves and end the lifestyle that we like to live. And what do we do about that? Yeah. So, I think the the conversation around exploring finances is a lot more easier. Like people are, I think, a little bit less reserved than where they were, say, four or five years ago. Like to talk about money to someone yeah, five, five to seven years ago even particularly, that was some people were, I would say, a little bit more guarded. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. But today it's sort of just opened that up because they're like, well, we've all, we've seen or known someone that have had a really hard time in the pandemic. Um, And I suppose we need to, we need to explore this. We need to hash it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And um, although uh, a lot of, like unfortunate things have happened because of the pandemic, I really feel like it has brought up some good things as well. Like um, first, the, what, what we discussed about like being able to service clients via Zoom mm-hmm. because the pandemic has forced us to use it as a way to communicate on a regular basis. And, and now it has also forced us to really get to know ourselves um, and one of those things is our financial selves um, and the possibilities uh, the the future and all that stuff which is important but uh, again what you mentioned we didn't really talk about it before uh, mm. so yeah and so it's a good opportunity for financial advisors to get in this um, bandwagon to start uh, really thinking about if they want to help um, expats as well because you are a, a really great testament to that right like you you service um Australians who aren't in the same country as you mm-hmm. and yet you still communicate with them you still provide great value and you know this because they provide referrals to you now but obviously but, we don't we, we don't want too many advisors to take up that because then <laughs> yeah, that, would, that would eat in, that would eat into my pool <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true but um i i guess be, and i i feel like I, I brought you into the to the show because although the, you guys are already doing this in Australia, I just feel like there's not much here in Southeast Asia. Like I only know one person who caters to Filipino expats, but I know that I should know more. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just yeah. really few people who does this type of services or really few financial advisors who um, does this kind of service, but it's important because like, if you're, if we're not going to um, help our like fellow expats or like a, a Filipino expat, 
who are they going to turn to? And as you mentioned mm. earlier, like it's really easier to talk to someone from the same country as you because you already know, or at least they already know, like the regulations of that country and even like how um, and your mindsets, right? Like you have like this intrinsic. How do you, can, you? You can just sort of relate. You can just yes, sort of yes, yeah, relate. Yes. Your cultural, yeah. your cultural knowledge is sort of relatively all the same. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Thank you. So, mm. um, but oh, and speaking about that as well, um, how often do you meet with your clients throughout the year? By the way, um, because you you guys aren't from. I know that like before pre-pandemic like some of the clients that you have would just say hey i have this question can i come over mm -hmm. um, to your office or can we get a cup of coffee and then you meet and then you talk but because um first it's because of the pandemic and second because you're your clients are literally um, yeah. like uh, like uh, miles and miles and miles away how like how often do you catch up with them um, yeah. still to provide the best quality of advice? Well, naturally as well, we, we sort of tailor um, everything to each client. Like obviously we've got different types of clients. Yeah. So we've got some, you know, really, um, really large executives, um, even just to, I suppose, regular people. Um, and it's about sometimes... Some people are really time poor. Some people are very engaged. And it's about meeting in that middle. But at least we want to, particularly at Ally, we want to maintain a, a consistent approach to all of our clients. So, you know, we, we regularly do um, updates, you know, every every month or quarter to all of our client base, just sort of just to touch base with them, see how they're going. And, you know, they could get um, updated reports and um, stuff like that and then we try and make it a little bit more interactive so we can bring in like webinars and stuff without mm. without um, client base as well just to make sure that they're getting or they're, they're I suppose touching on topics or we can touch on topics that uh, they may not necessarily be thinking about but then it comes to light mm. um, but no it's, it's like I suppose even probably compared to all of my other roles that I've held as a financial advisor yeah. this one is probably the most engaging mm. this one is from a from a client service perspective it's you know it's very it's very busy like my calendar generally looks pretty full around client meetings and it, that's just and that's you know really that's really nice to have because yeah. you know when you've got a really engaged client then, you know, they're going to really, they obviously appreciate um, all of the services and the advice and the information that they're getting. Oh, that's true. That's so true. Especially what you said that you offer webinars for your clients as well. And, and that's a great way for them to like realize, hey, that's true. I haven't thought about this. Um, we should talk about it. I should talk about this with Joel. So I really feel like that's a really great way and it adds value to your clients as well. Like um, what, what do you do? It's just a one hour seminar, like a 30 minute seminar. Yeah, um, 
but it's going to stay with your clients for such a long time. They're really going to feel good about it because you've added a different kind of value to them. And I'm sure it's like, you don't include this in your in the package, right? Like you don't say that this your services includes webinars and all that stuff. But when you offer this to them, like, hey, do you have time? Can you um, join us for a webinar like this? I feel like that's really going to um, help them not only with their finances, but how they would like to build a better relationship with you as a financial advisor. That's right. Or it could be this, it could all come back on the back of, say, I have one particular client that had a particular issue. Mm. And it's sort of like, oh, well, now that we've gone down that road of trying to solve that um, or fix it, mm. right, do we have any of other, our other client base that, you know, might be in, if it's a country or domicile issue, um, or they're in a certain life stage, right? It could be just like, join us for this webinar where we're going to hash out X, right? And it just could be, it could be 15, 20, 30 minutes, right? It doesn't have to be as long. And, you know, it's just about me saying, well, this is what happened, right? For an example, and this is how we fixed it. So, mm. like, is this something that, you know, you might feel that could impact you? Then if it does reach out, we can, we've got, we've obviously got the tools now to, to fix that. And that's obviously part of this because particularly in expat advice, you know, regulation and, you know, that changes all the time in Australia yes, alone. Yes. Mm. And then you've got to, I suppose, keep abreast of um, the changes that happen in other countries as well that really impact your clients. Mm. So, um, yeah, like it's it's good, but, yeah, it's just a bit like you've got to be prepared to invest the time to keep up with that, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's one. Uh, it's like I really want to ask that, but I feel like uh, that topic needs another like full 30, 31 hour minute um, podcast <laughs> is how you um, how financial advisors who um, service expats like tackle having to learn different types of um, like I know that you have to listen to the news and and study regulations for this and um, like the investment type for this particular country. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we wouldn't have the time on this <clears throat> podcast, but hopefully we can discuss it in the future. But yes, that's very interesting. And I feel like for some people, and I think this is one of the things that you mentioned that's part of some people might find it boring, but how you guys or financial advisors like you are able to tackle that um, those types of like servicing your clients that way? I think when this you know really comes back to having you know clients that that value um, financial advice mm, and that yeah. you have good relationships with like for example if if you were my client in the Philippines and something changed in in there where they could have potentially said, I don't know, there's now going to be a new tax on Australian investments or something, right? Mm-mm. Now, obviously, naturally, an Australian will go, um, is that going to impact me? Like, if even if they just saw it, right? Um, 
you can guarantee it's going to be it's going to be hot in my inbox mm. within yeah. within a hot minute so the clients themselves such a good feeder of that of that information but of course there is so much other research that has to go in and particularly when we're doing like reviews with our clients we need to you know FASIA and all of the changes that have come in particularly in Australia Mm-mm. it's you know it really addresses we've got to address the broader impacts of our of our advice so it's just being uh, ensured that at the time that you, I suppose you're going down this review path that the advice that you're giving is still appropriate mm, that's yeah. really what it really what it comes down to and Yes, that can be time-consuming. Yes, it can be painful with lots of reading. But <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, it is. I, I find it. I find it rewarding because the client really appreciates that. Ah, oh, yes, definitely. I would think so. Um, just the thought of having to read a a bunch of different types of um, regulations, um, and I know that. Like your clients will really appreciate you for it because it's not it's not an easy thing to tackle on. So um, I'd really like to pick your brain on on that a little bit further. And unfortunately, we we won't have the time for this particular podcast. But hopefully, we can do it in the future. For now, yeah, though, sure. yeah, that would be awesome. But for now, like, what would you give? Um, for an upcoming financial advisor who might be joining your team, um, who might want to um, service expats as well, what's the best advice that you can provide to them if they're still starting out? If they're just starting out, I suppose my my one, I suppose, bit of advice would be what you what you think you know is about to be turned on its head. It's it's you know it's very much more challenging. Um, and, I, and I suppose that's probably why uh, historically, you know, existing financial advisors have turned away from giving expat advice. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it adds uh, this whole extra layer of complexity, which, you know, they could essentially avoid. But at the end of the day, for someone that's just starting out, you know, it's it's very it's very rewarding. It's very engaging with, particularly with your client. And, you know, when done right, you've, you know, you potentially have made a client for life. Yeah. So it, that is, that in itself is, is from a financial advisor perspective, is very humbling. Ah, definitely. And thank you so much for that advice, Joel, and for being in the show. But before we formally end it, um, where would, uh, People, if they want to get to know you more, if they want to uh, chat with you, where can they reach you? Oh, they can, you know, reach me on the LinkedIn, you know, send me an email, you know, Ally Wealth's website, you know, trust me, mm, I'm yeah. not that hard. I'm not that hard <laughs> to track down. Um, and yeah, like, you know, I just generally speaking, I just love um, speaking and meeting new people because, you know, everyone everyone comes from a different walk of life you know you might have walked down the same street once you know mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. every every person that you meet right there is there is definitely a learning curve there's definitely something new to learn oh, um definitely. and if you mm-hmm. if you take that 
um, opportunity, then, you know, you're going to be better off for it. Oh, that is like one of the best things that I've found in um, when I started the podcast is I get to um, meet people because I started this podcast last year during the pandemic as well. Mm. And I found that it's a, such a great comfort to hear other people's lives. Uh, mm. it, it makes you feel like Oh, once this pandemic is over, I'm going to have coffee with this guy, yeah. so, right? So, um, yeah. It just feels like the world is interesting, and that's why there are a lot of podcasts that are out there as well, I think, is because there are really a lot of interesting stories like yours, um, like Jared's, and, and many others that are just waiting to be captured, Um so, yes, thank you so much, Joella. As I said, the, the pandemic's helped that because it's allowed us to express new mediums like uh, yes. podcasts. No mm. one heard what a podcast was before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. I think the podcast um, industry boomed because of the pandemic. Um and yeah. particularly podcasts that pertains to like having conversations such as like the ones that we're doing right now. Uh, mm. People like to hear other people, uh, other people's stories. So I think it's very important that we share ours. Yeah, of course. Wonderful. So again, thank you so much for being the show, Joel. It was so good um, speaking with you. And uh, I hope that we can, I can have you on the show again. But for now, have a wonderful day or at least Thanks, evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Gwen. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. No problem. Bye-bye.